Welcome to the Hunter's Quest podcast. This is your host, Hunter McWaters. It's great to be with you guys. If you are new, thanks for listening and welcome. And if you're not new, I appreciate your support and welcome back. So this week I have a great conversation with a fellow entrepreneur, um, Austin Burnsketter. I met Austin at the Western Hunt Expo. Many of you guys may have heard of his company. It's called Graxaw. Um, They make game bags. Um, they make uh, boot dryers um, and a couple other products that he's working on. He just released some uh, skull hangers. Actually, if you look back here, you can see my uh, mule deer buck. It's on one of his skull hangers. Um, but a, a really smart, innovative guy who's coming out with some great products in the outdoor space. Um, like I said, he's an entrepreneur. And we get into a lot of stuff. We talk about kind of the, the balance that is difficult to strike for entrepreneurs and folks that are self-employed um, and just kind of the difficulty of juggling it all and being a parent and a husband and a father and all that stuff. So it's a great conversation that I think applies to a lot of folks. Um, you know, also we talk about kind of the creative process that goes into um, not only what I do, but how it relates to what he does, which is kind of developing new products and bringing them to market. So I was actually really surprised in this conversation how similar the creative process is between kind of what I'm doing and what he is doing as an inventor and a person bringing products to market. I know that's something that's interesting to a lot of folks in terms of getting a side hustle off the ground or starting an outdoor industry business. Um, this is a great podcast for you if you're into entrepreneurship or you're thinking about bringing a product to market um, or content creation. Uh, we get into a lot of that stuff, and Austin's just also a um, just a really cool guy. Um, we had a great time when we met in Salt Lake, and um, and towards the end, I asked him <laughs> kind of a funny off the wall question um, that uh, got the conversation going in a in a interesting direction. So uh, stick around to the end for that. Um, but yeah, enjoy this episode with Austin. And um, also, I want to give a couple shout outs here um, to some folks who left me uh, written reviews on Apple Podcast. Um, so we got Marco Vasquez, a brown cow 44, and Jay Coons. Um, So if you guys are listening and you hear this, I appreciate the reviews and drop me a line on Instagram and I'll get some swag in the mail to you. Um, If you want to have a shout out on the show and you want to um, get me to send you some stuff in the mail, uh, go ahead and do that as well. Leave me a review, a five star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts and I will give you a shout out and send you something in the mail. So appreciate you guys' support. As always, uh, please share this with your friends and family. Um, You know, go please subscribe to my YouTube channel and um, be on the lookout for um, my new series launching the last week in June uh, on Sportsman Channel. Um, Right now, I know I think one of the main air times will be Saturday at noon. So be on the lookout for that. I'm putting a ton of work into it. It's the most difficult, most complex thing I've ever done in my life by far. I'm doing it by myself. Um, And so I really would appreciate y'all's support. 
if you're if you're a, a watcher of Sportsman Channel, or even if you're not, go seek it out um, and let me know what you think. I'm really looking forward to launching that soon for you guys. So thank you for your continued support and uh, enjoy this episode, and we'll see you on the next one. Man, your camera looks awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, it's a real camera connected to my computer. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, my little Logitech looks like garbage, I'm sure, compared to what you got. Uh, that's okay. I mean, your, your background setup looks better than a lot of people, so you're good, man. <laughs> At least it's not like up your nose and like sitting in front of a window like I've seen some people do. Yeah. But, dude, you look like Chris Pratt. That's funny. My that's weird you say that. My sister actually says that a lot. Yeah, that's it's like, funny, oh, you man. remind me of Chris Pratt, but I don't see the resemblance at all. Yeah, if I didn't I had half before. His and half his humor, dude. I'd be doing well. Yeah, I didn't see it before, but looking at you now, I was like, it looks like Chris Pratt. So yeah, guys, I'm here with my guest, Austin Burnsketter. Is that how you say it? Yes, sir. Okay, Austin Burnsketter, and Austin is the founder. And like main man behind Graxaw, right? I mean, you could say main man, o- only man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling, bro. Yeah. A lot of times, people are like when they're talking to me, they're like, say stuff like, "Do you guys want to try this?" I'm like, "There's no you guys, it's me." <laughs> no, but I under yeah, like when I email someone, I'll be like, uh, uh yeah, or yeah, the people email me and say like, "What's your team doing?" or something like that. I'm like, "Well, I mean, it's my wife and I." Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yep. Know the feeling, man. But it's fun. It's part of the entrepreneurial life. You know, it's it's a double-edged sword. It can be lonely and it can be stressful, but it comes with a lot of other good things like freedom and doing what you want to do. Right? Yeah. Hundred percent, man. So are you? I know you have. So Graxaw, if you guys don't know, I got right here. I used to, I have his old ones, but he just sent me some new of these boot dryers. Um, you guys might have heard Brian call talk about these things. I used them before and they're really good. And so I'm assuming these are better. I want to talk about those a little later, but, um, yeah. And then what else do you do? Like what's, I know you probably got a lot of irons in the fire. What do you, what's, uh, like, what's your life? Like, what do you do? Uh, well, I got a wife and two kids, a uh-huh. third one on the way in August. Um, did we I... talk about this? My third one's on the way too. Sorry to interrupt. Oh no. Yeah. In oh, July. Awesome. Yeah. That's when that's when the real work starts, right? Oh my gosh. For real, man. <laughs> so anyway, hey, started... my mom. So yeah. So my mom is uh or I'm from a family of eight kids and two parents. So my mom said once you do three, it's the same four, five, six, seven, and eight are the same as the third as far as difficulty. Because the younger ones are old enough, they just start helping you with the, yeah, with the newer ones. So just make it past that third one. Uh, hopefully that'll be it. <laughs> I'm hoping, but so anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't mean to so, cut you off. Uh, so I'm a mechanical. I'm a mechanical engineer. That's my uh-huh. degree. Um, okay. I do work for my brother. Contract work for my brother Rustin, who owns like an automotive wiring company. Uh-huh. Uh, so I do that. I sell fireworks. I've started a fireworks company when I was 18. Yeah, I remember we talked then, about that. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I started Graxaw. Uh, I think I registered it like in 2016. So, but I really got really going with Graxel maybe like 2019. So those are the three kind of jobs I do. Okay. Um, really quick. Are you like bumping your hand on the table? I can hear it in the mic. You're loud. Okay. 
Sorry. Cool. Yeah, it good. was. No worries. Um, cool, man. So, um, so tell, okay, you said you started Graxall when? Sorry, I, I lost you for a second. I started Graxall in uh, the LLC in like 2016, but I really didn't come out with much or sell till like 2019. Yeah. Okay. And um, if you guys don't know, maybe you should go check out on YouTube um, just so you know what I'm talking about. But if you're not, if you're watching, you can see got these things right here. Um, I guess you invented this, huh? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> I assume yeah. so. I mean, that's a whole other thing we could talk about is just taking something from concept to product. That's such a tough thing to do. But anyway, I can already tell just by looking at them, they're like much more sturdy and like seem like they could withstand way more like abuse than the other ones. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you basically just drop these guys in the top of your boots and it's got a USB thing. You plug it into like a little battery bank or whatnot. And uh, dries your boots out, which can be a lifesaver on certain trips, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> so the first version I made, it was actually for Brian Call because, you know, he always talks about his wet, sweaty hobbit feet. Well, you so, actually made them for him? Pretty much, yeah. Like he, I didn't uh, know that. Well, I'd had multiple people. I've had, I had the idea, and I heard, people were, would talk about it like, hey, you need to make something that, you know, dries your boots out, and whether it be like a chemical mix or whatever. There was all yeah. kinds of ideas, but... Um, so I kind of had an idea in my head, but then Brian brought it up on a podcast and I, uh, I contacted him or Brent or both and said, uh, I'll get you something with like within a week. And so, uh, what did he say? Like, we need some kind of something that'll dry out boots or something like that. Yeah. They're like, we need something to dry our boots out at night. Okay. uh, So I was like, well, I, I could get some low wattage fans that would fit inside a boot and make a little mold to, to, you know, sit in the tongue of the boot and uh, you just plug it into a battery pack. So I knew right then it would work. I just didn't know how well, you know, whether it would really work or just, you know, right. Sort of work. So I, I 3d printed the first ones and uh, sent Brian, like had a little custom uh, gritty thing on it and stuff. And, oh, cool. Uh, they, they worked. So okay. from there um, I went from printing, printing them to now, like the ones you were holding. Now these are injection molded. Okay. So they're, you know, they're done at a, at an industrial scale and they are tough as heck dude uh i actually i'm doing a video on it now but i took them out the other day i got a toyota tundra crew max so it's uh-huh. like a double cab <laughs> i drove it over and spun out on the back ones and it it didn't even do anything to them so. nice that's yeah i can tell they're definitely way way like tougher but then you guys also do like game bags right mm-hmm. uh, i heard brian talk about those and um what else do you guys make yeah did i get you a set at the show yeah you did you did okay good yeah, so uh, we got the boneless game bags. We're coming out with a meat tarp, which some people want. So we're coming out with that. Uh, we've had some bone-in bags. We've never actually sold them. We've just given them to people. So we're mm-hmm. going to start selling bone-in bags. But right now we got the boneless, the boot dryers, and elk and deer mounts. That are both The elk yeah. and deer, I think, are both unique as well. That's these, right? Yes, sir. That's the, the skull that's hangers. The deer. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And I need to... Like I was gonna actually try to throw them up before the podcast, but I just didn't have time because you can see I'm running yeah. low on space for my euros. So yeah. um yeah, man, looking forward to trying that out too. So thanks for sending me that stuff, dude. Yeah, no problem, man. Um and um if you guys, you know, I don't know if you're listening, but like I, I definitely did not get Austin on the podcast just because he sent me like some <laughs> stuff to dry out. We met at the expo and we really hit it off and I thought Austin was an awesome dude. And I just wanted to like talk to him again. 
Um, and I was trying to get him to do – I asked you a bunch of times to do it. You're like, oh, let's do it in person. But it just didn't work out. So I kept pressuring you, and so you came on today. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that hard of pressure, but no, I did. I had these lofty ideals, like, man, I want to go, I want to go to his house or wherever he wants. I want to meet, and I want to do it in person, just because I like, I like being face to face with people. You know, I'm the oh, kind yes. of person that I'd much rather call someone on the phone about something important than a, than texting all the For time. Sure. You know, some things it doesn't matter. Like, hey, will this work? A text right. is fine, but like, if you really want to get into it with someone, a conversation, you know, works. Absolutely. But, this right here, it's not real life, but it's it's pretty it's really good. Yeah. You know? It's I mean, dude, if you lived anywhere within a couple hours, it would be but you're living in uh is it Missouri? Yes, sir. Okay, so that's what, fourteen hours from me or something? Yeah, it's it's a ways. I think it was like yeah, almost fourteen. Yeah, I mean, I'm just about as far east as you can go, pretty much. So Man, you yeah, you're living in the wrong place, man. When are you gonna <laughs> uproot the family and get out of there? Oh man, that's a long conversation. Um, <laughs> You've thought about it, huh? <laughs> oh yeah. My wife just basically doesn't want, we have family here and, um, her family, they're very close and, um, her brother lives here. And so it would just, it's not in the cards right now. Maybe, you know, down the line could be. And I think that would, man, that would make life so much easier for the stuff I'm trying to do. Yeah. But, um, it's all good. I'm just going to work with it and, uh, you know. Just uh, yeah. accept the airline life for a while. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that that's irreplaceable, though. You know, like, that's the main reason my wife and I didn't move. Right when we got married, we wanted to move to Idaho. And mm-hmm. um, we just, back, you know, we made the old-fashioned pros and cons list. And the one, the one con we couldn't overcome was leaving our families because our families are so good to us and we have great families. Yeah. It's like, man. Yeah. Like, there's been there's been a hundred times I've been working on fireworks or this business or whatever. And my family can help out. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, you know, if I didn't have that support system, I'd probably just be doing a regular nine to five. I mean, it would be so hard for me to get stuff done when I need to. Yeah, man. And that brings up another good topic, which is just that I've been thinking a lot about lately just because, um, so if you guys listening, don't know, I'm in the midst of like the last kind of final stages of, producing the first season of this tv show i'm trying to launch so it's like a business it's the same as a business and so i just see myself as an entrepreneur doing this type of business but as a entrepreneur and someone who works from home it can be really hard to i'm not complaining because i love what i do and it's a blessing but it can be hard to find that family balance i probably you know that i feel like actually i feel like the lord convicted me the other day like i was a little being a little too obsessed with working and i need to like try to find more balance so how do you i don't know what do you think about that how do you manage that and i don't know though like my t- i have three older brothers and two of them are self-employed and i feel like they do a way better job at it than me yeah uh but kind of how i do it it's bad but it's like i obsess for maybe two weeks to a, two weeks to a month on some project and just yeah. hammer it out. Yeah. And then I try and slow down a little bit, spend more time with the family and then ramp back up. And then just, it's probably unhealthy. It's like binge drinking, you know? <laughs> but, but man, cause I'm so bad at the, it takes me so long. I'm sure it's even harder for you because like you're more of the, you're doing more of a creative artistic thing. Eh, whereas- I mean, inventing stuff is, I would say just as much of a creative thing as, I mean, a different type, but it's still creative. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, or at least that's how I work. It takes me a long time to get in the right, to get the right space, like whatever I'm working on, like a new game bag, like, okay, yeah, it's this material. I'm going to make it this size. I'm going to get this from there. I'm going to do this. There's a million little things. And if you don't 
sit down and devote four hours or something to it, you're just not really going to make any progress. I mean, yeah. it takes a long time to do anything well. You can't yes. just sit down and bang something out and it's going to be good. It almost never is. Yeah. So and when you're working for yourself, it's on you. Like, it's not like you just punch your time clock and like, okay, I did my day. It's like you, you know, not only is it on you to succeed or fail, but also like your name is on this. Like you're everything. This is you. It's like, you want to yeah. make it good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think that's a pretty good strategy, actually, because I think people that have that entrepreneurial thing are very much like laser focused and kind of obsessed. And then you kind of it's like it comes in waves. So I think I think you might actually be managing it well by just like because I'm the same way. Like I can't really like pick at a project. I have to like go in and like just be obsessed and finish it. And then maybe, like you said, maybe wait a little bit or kind of back off until you pick up that next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like designing just those basic deer hangers, man. Like I had so many revisions and stuff and I would sit there and do, I do like 20 designs in a day. You know, they didn't always, there were all kinds of different shapes and features and all kinds of different stuff. And I would just do, you know, work for 10 hours on it because <laughs> yeah, that's the only way you can, you can keep everything straight in your brain. And at least that's how my brain works. How do you turn off at night? I have t a trouble with that, man. If I don't, um, exercise helps for sure. Because, so like you work you know, out after you're done working, uh, well, not necessarily, but just exercise at some point during the day, you know, yeah. just having, I think that's a big thing. Like I've been going back to jujitsu lately and that's a, uh, nice. that's a good thing or just, just any sort of physical activity, you know, taking but, a walk after dinner, riding your bike, something. Yeah. But do you find it? hard to like after you're done working to like put the project down and then go be dad and you know all that stuff yeah i'm mentally checked out sometimes a lot of times and i have to catch myself yeah <laughs> but, i mean that's the Me only too. way to say it it's like mentally checked out you're you're yep. present physically but mentally you're daydreaming off about problems you need to fix wow yeah dude that's just <laughs> dude i don't have the answer i think it's a you're telling I, my story bro i i think it's a it's a common thing i think that's just what that's a blessing and a curse you know yeah are all people like, no, not all people are like that, are they? <laughs> We're just weirdos. Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons to everything. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way, man. I really, I, it's hard for me. Like, I was just, I just, I just quit editing like an hour early today because I knew we were doing this podcast tonight, which is usually like family time after dinner. So um, I took, I stopped at four instead of five and took my kids to the playground. And that was pretty good, but I still had a couple times I had to catch myself like, thinking like trying to plan stuff and you know what i mean yeah yeah it's tough no that it's it's extremely tough man i um if you find out better solutions to cope with this <laughs> you can tell me man. okay i will i will so all right so did you grow up in missouri yes sir uh i grew up 10 or about 10 minutes from here from where i live okay now. but you are a a big hunter and also a western hunter how did you um what's your hunting kind of history like so, uh, growing up, we hunted whitetails, mm -hmm. turkeys. Uh, I used to go prairie dog hunting all the time, but that was the extent of my Western hunting, but just whitetails. That's like, everybody does that here. You know, opening oh, yeah. day in Missouri is crazy. It's a pumpkin <laughs> patch times 10. Yeah. Missouri is um, like famous for whitetail. Yeah, man. There's the Drury very, brothers. Yep. No, North of I-70. That's like I-70, you know, runs all the way from Eastern us to or maybe does it run east? Yeah, it runs from somewhere. I don't know if it maybe starts in Illinois or maybe it starts further over, but it mm -hmm. runs all the way to California. 
and it runs through Denver, all that, but you, uh, you get above that in Missouri and that's like considered some of the best deer hunting. That's like the Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, all that nice. area. But, um, yeah, so deer hunted and then through college, I kind of slowed down because, um, I went to Illinois, Southern Illinois. And I mean, I still would doe hunt and hunt sporadically, but wasn't, you know, I was getting my degree and playing sports and stuff. And I just didn't, I just didn't really put, put an emphasis yeah. on it. You know, I try to never say you don't have time to do something because you always do. It's just what you prioritize. Of course. You know? yeah. But I didn't make time to hunt and I didn't, I didn't enjoy it that much. And then, yeah. uh, I was married maybe two years and a buddy of mine said, Hey, you want to, he lived in Colorado Springs. He was an engineer out there and said, Hey, you want to come elk hunting out here? Oh, nice. I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. So <laughs> we started, you know, taking the Jansport backpacks and uh, nice. 50 pound sleeping bags and all this crap <laughs> we had and cotton clothes and everything and getting it all together. And yeah, we, we just went on our first hunt. And that's actually um, how I got the idea to make my game bags because I was using pillowcases that first trip. Okay. And I uh, was like, you know, we didn't kill anything. We got really close to some elk and um heard elk bugle and i made a stalk on an elk got to like 40 yards of a big six point bowl wow and and i blew it um but yeah so i decided then like i'm doing this every year for the rest of my life it was it just was awesome just the uh, storms rolling dude. in getting wet cold and then the sun coming out and you get dry and you're just oh this is heaven yeah and then you see elk and there's nothing like there's nothing like bull elk bugling man they're just they're so awesome it's crazy it's like prehistoric or something yeah. like something some like deep buried pocket of your brain, like from thousands of years ago, like lights up that is just, I've never experienced except for that first time I saw, not to like overstate it, but it's, it was uh, something different. Like when I saw my first elk bugle, like inside of 50 yards. It's truly majestic, man. They're, they're such an awesome animal. <laughs> it is, man. So that's crazy. So you did that first hunt and you were hooked. I was the same way, man. Same thing. Did We didn't kill anything on my first hunt. Like, you know, it, backcountry like you know backpack style hunt but it's a whole different level of experience than whitetail isn't it not to downplay whitetail but it's a whole level different level of experience isn't it yeah man and like yeah like yeah people i say that too it's like uh whitetail hunting there's really skilled whitetail hunters like oh, it yeah. it's a it takes a skill and usually like a really good whitetail hunter he's a good hunter in general and he's, yes. he'd, he'd be able to kill elk too for sure. It's just everything that goes up to that point of killing the animal is different. And that's why I like the elk hunting, you know, the terrain's different. The, the strategy's different. Yeah. The glassing, like you don't glass here. You bring your binos just to look at the edge of a field. Like, yeah, we're like maybe glimpse a, a time through 40 yards of timber. Like right. you're not gonna, you're it's not like something gonna to do really, in your board. Exactly. You're not really going <laughs> to stalk anything. Here. Yeah. I mean, some guys can, but it's, it's not common, but yeah. it's just, yeah, the whole, the, the whole Western appeal is just, it's beautiful, man. I love yeah. it. The wide open spaces, the kind of being active and on foot, the um, sometimes need or desire to camp. And, you know, when you're living out there, it's a whole different thing. And um, being scared, man. Yeah. Being Seriously, challenged being, physically, being, mentally, and yeah. spiritually. Being, yeah, being scared, like, uh, you know, not being sure of where to go or what to do and the anxiety yes. that comes with. The anxiety that comes with being in a backcountry place seven miles in and you've been in there three days and you can't find elk, like it tests you. Like you want to quit, you want to do all kinds of stuff, but if you can stomach it and stick it out, it's almost always worth it, you know? 
Yeah, man. It's like you never want those tough, like, things that suck in the moment, but it's just uh, <laughs> it, it's it's like part of it. It just makes it better. I don't know. It's weird. Like, it sucks in the moment, but you look back and it's like, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I ran into this this year. So I've been on a big whitetail buck drought for, dude, like four years now uh i could have killed some good bucks but i've always oh i'm i'm gonna wait or oh i I knew about bigger ones on game camera or whatever right and it bites me in the butt every year (laughs) but like this year i really thought i i spent like did i probably spent 10 full day at least 10 full days whitetail hunting Uh so sitting for 10 full days did like from from like no not all day sits but but like you know the equivalent yeah, f- 5 a.m. till 10.30 in the morning, Yeah, going back, eating lunch, doing something, and then going back out and hunt at 2 o'clock, like 1 yeah, o'clock, whatever. Right. So, I mean, yeah. your day is over. Yeah. So, doing that for maybe 10 full days, and I thought I had nothing to show for it. And I'm like, I would have much rather went on a Western hunt for 10 straight days mm-hmm. and got nothing than doing what I just did sitting there. It was yep. horrible, man. So, Dude. I'm still going to whitetail hunt. I like it. I love whitetail deer, but man the time investment is so much more rewarding out west for me yeah i agree i mean i will say there's nothing i i haven't experienced anything quite like the adrenaline rush of when you're sitting there completely bored out of your skull and you like look down and there's a huge buck standing like 40 yards from you that is a crazy adrenaline rush i will say but and as, as far as like, like you just said, you said it very well, like the whole experience as a time period, like I would so much rather go out and be hiking and exploring around the mountains than sitting in one or two, maybe three different trees for 10 days straight. Yeah. But on the other side of that, the only thing that, or the, the thing that still makes me the most nervous hunting, I mean, I've never had a seven by seven or a seven by eight bugling like five yards. That's I, so I can't say that for sure, but a big whitetail buck when you have your bow and it's close. Oh man. It's, I mean, my legs typewriting, you know? Oh dude. Yeah. That's what I was I'm just so, saying. It's like, so, yeah, there's it's nothing so like that adrenaline rush. It's so nerve wracking, man. When you watch them come in, it's yes. terrible. I can barely stand. I mean, I actually don't stand anymore when I shoot. I sit, <laughs> shoot, I shoot sitting. Yeah. No, man, those, those deer, they get you going when they come in close like that. So that's what, and that's what I, I'm not discounting whitetail hunting. And you said it is a very, it's a different skill. And there's a lot of guys who are extremely skilled and way better whitetail hunters than I am. But I don't know. I like the exploration. I like the, the physical, mental challenge, everything, man. It's just, uh, and I like just being out there, you know, camping and stuff. Yeah. It yeah. scratches an itch. It definitely does, man. Yeah. So you got any cool hunts lined up for this year? Oh man, it's a sore subject, man. Asking you about, it's like asking you about your move. Um, yeah. Uh, well my Wyoming plans, I don't know what the drives are going to be this year, but my cousin forgot to put in for the special draw, which we would have drawn. Like he Ah. had six points, I think. And I had three, so we would have drawn, but he forgot. I reminded him three times. I hope he listens to this. I'm going to send it to him. I reminded him three times the deadline day and then texted him the next morning at like 6 a.m. And he said, I forgot. I'm like, oh, oh my God. That was my plan, dude. I was going to like, well, well, I'm going to kill a bull there this year. Arizona, no draw. Uh, Colorado, don't know. I'm probably just going to, well, Idaho still too. I, I entered that crap show, you know, their yeah. online, their online disaster. Did you get, didn't get any, didn't get anything there. So I'll do the Idaho controlled hunt and the Colorado 
leftover list and see what I can get from that. Maybe the Montana leftover list. I'll try all those three. Okay. Um, so no, nothing, nothing extraordinary. So you're waiting me. for some draws basically. Yeah. Waiting for leftover stuff. See what I can get. And so you're an elk guy, huh? Yeah. I mean, I like deer too, but I think elk, if I had to pick one animal in North America or in the world, I'd pick elk. So if you're doing a Western hunt, there's no debate mule deer elk. It's like, you're going elk pretty much. Yeah. If okay. I had one choice, yeah, I'd stay elk every time. Man, elk are just, they're just awesome, man. Even like how they smell. Like, you know, I don't think they smell musty. I'm serious, man. They smell, they smell good, good, I think. Well, that's my goal this year, man, is to kill my first elk. I haven't killed one yet. Oh, dude. You don't want to, man. You're never going to go back. You're never going to go back to those I don't stupid know, man. things. Those stupid little things up there on that cabinet. You're not going to do it. I'm kind of a deer guy, but I, it's hard. I can't really fairly say that because I've never killed an elk yet. So, but. Um, I still really like mule deer a lot, but, um, yeah, that was, okay. So that was, that was my goal this year. And I drew a general Wyoming tag and I just found out I drew like an amazing New Mexico wait, tag. You drew Wyoming. Gen- wait, what driving general? What Montana general. Okay. Yeah. I was like, how'd you draw Wyoming already? Okay. Yeah. So I, it's now it's like, so you got, famine. wait, you got, sorry. You got the combo Montana tag. No, just elk. Okay. And I drew a sick New Mexico elk tag. Yeah, you told me that. <laughs> Which is like so dumb. Like it's amazing, but I had like I think less than two percent chance of drawing it. Wow. Yeah. It's the first. It's the first like tag. It's because like, he's everybody. It's because he's an industry insider. It's the same. No, way he got no. Me on, it's the same way he got me on the show, dude. He's greasing palms out there. <laughs> that is not true at all. In fact, I would not be surprised if New Mexico didn't want me because <laughs> of some of the stuff that happened. Anyway, but um, no, uh, people probably know what I'm talking about. But I, I I filmed for somebody out in New Mexico a few years ago, and we had a crazy kind of bad experience. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, man. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, and you said those dates are October, like second week of October, right? Yeah, it's like middle of October. Oh, man. They're going to be going oh, I forgot crazy. I told you about that already. Yeah, they're going to. My bad. I mean, I've only, I've hunted elk a few times in mid-October, and I think they bugle better in mid, mid-October than they do any other time. Yeah. Maybe it's just because where I was going, I had less pressure at that time of year, but I mean, they were bugling their heads off, man. Like, yeah. absolutely crazy. And supposedly this unit has just a really high density of elk. So, um, and I, just like anything, like, you know, being my first elk, yeah, I'd love a uh, good one, but I'm not like going to be like super picky either. You know what I mean? So, um, but I don't know. This one, this tag is like pretty good. So I might be a little picky. I don't just know. Hold out for a six, try and hold out for a six point, right? We'll see. We'll see what's like. I'm going gonna, gonna to go there like two or three days early and just scout. And yeah, and just see what you see. See what's exactly. realistic. You're right. Yeah. And then we'll adjust. Like, what I'm trying to say is, I'd be fine with like a raghorn. But because of this unit, like, there's a chance I could get like a nice elk. And I mean, I would like that. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> no, man. Yeah. Any elk is a trophy. Oh, any deer is a trophy. You know, people always say that. But man, any elk really is a trophy. You're getting a pile of meat and your, your rack on a small bull is still big. Yeah. Oh so yeah, you're, you're getting an awesome trophy. Yeah, even a small elk, air quotes, is if you're a deer hunter, is big. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, dude, that's awesome, man. So then, Mont- are you gonna you're gonna do both then, correct? Yeah, uh, I'm trying to. It's uh, I'm trying to figure out how to do it logistically. Um, 
good problems to have. Again, not complaining, but just trying to figure out um, if I can make it work in September uh, in Montana and then go back in October. Uh, should be able to. I'm just trying to figure out the details, basically. But yeah. Because that general tag is good for archery and rifle, isn't it? It is, which is yeah, nice. That's a, dude, that's a huge... That's a huge thing, man. That's great. Right. But I'll be doing, I'll kind of be doing other stuff during the rifle season. So I kind of like have to do it in September. So that's what I'm looking at. We'll, we'll get see. it done, man. I'm going to try. We'll see, man. There's a lot to, uh, I already have a lot on my plate. Now I have to add on to there, like learn to be an elk hunter. <laughs> dude i wish it was that easy man i wish i could write that down and learn it holy cow no i'm, I'm being facetious obviously I it's know. not that easy but i gotta try you know what i mean like yeah. i gotta i gotta my first ever one of these a diaphragm if you're looking on the oh, youtube yeah. i literally just got this in the mail today first time i ever put a diaphragm in my mouth and hey i, I made some noises they didn't sound much like elk yet but uh i made some noises <laughs> Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. Is that gonna tag? You're talking about you just might bring a cameraman, right? You're not gonna oh, take of like course. A, you're not gonna take like a professional caller with you. You gotta have some friend out there that's like an insane well, turkey caller or something. Yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out somebody who would be a good partner for sure. Um, I've I put feelers out with a couple people. It's hard because a lot of people have their own plans that time of year. Um, but and I don't have any like just regular like friends from virginia like know a lot about elk hunting so i'm trying to figure out you know a partner but i don't have one as of yet maybe uh you know maybe you yeah except <laughs> i'm not the best caller i can call but i'm not that great okay but i do love elk hunting i when you told me that i almost offered i almost offered right then you text me that and i almost offered to be like hey i'll be your cameraman or whatever you need but being me being selfish, wanting to elk hunt, I was like, oh, we'll just see what happens with Colorado and all yeah, these yeah. other states. No, definitely see what that's happens. The problem. With... I'm I'm selfish elk hunter, man. Dude, that's hey, you got. I mean, you got to be to you got to have that time out there for you, man. So, um, let me know how you do in the draws. If you're not doing anything, maybe we can talk about it. Yes, sir. Right, I could cool. be at least your you know your camp cook and. I mean, even guy. even if you like have elk called like three times in your life you're gonna be better than me so <laughs> yeah I, I could i could throw something out do some, yeah do some uh, i bet you're better product. than you're letting on no nah, i'm not that good wait throw that diaphragm in let me hear something <laughs> put you on the spot okay all right i'm not bugling for you right now dude no that's One, fine okay tube huh okay while you're doing it just go ahead and like give me some pointers here, man. We both got our diaphragm. Oh, dude, I'm not an elk call. I don't know. I mean, um, I don't even want to embarrass myself here and try it. But you just don't want to. You don't want to feel a bunch of air going around. You, you're sucking you in, want. right? We. You sucking in or blowing out? You're blowing out, but you don't want air going around the call. You want it transferring over that oh, latex. Oh, like dude, you don't want. I'm an leaks. idiot. I was putting it in the wrong way. <laughs> yeah that would that would hurt I'm yeah you want the hard hold it up that let me see you want the hard metal on mine like you want that the roof of your mouth you want the latex on bottom and that's what you keep your pressure on oh no i did it. okay i had it in right this no you're I, I mean maybe it's mirrored for me i can't tell your latex and your domer to the front of your mouth you're gonna have it the wrong way at like this yeah yeah okay i was doing it wrong and so 
You'll s this is really good radio. I'm sure. Yeah, and you have to play with a few. Like, yeah, I don't know. Did you just get one size? I got like three of them. Yeah, and you'll find one after you. Dude, uh, it might be Rocky <laughs> Mountain Elkhold, like Corey Jacobson's dad. I think is who does it, but he has like a ten-minute thing on YouTube. Maybe it's him. Yeah, uh, Rocky Jacobson, and it you know it goes through all the basics and it makes it real easy to learn how to use it. Yeah, I needed to watch that because I I literally just got this in the mail like an hour ago and put <laughs> and like this is the first time I've touched it, so I haven't looked up any videos, nothing. So, um, yeah, but hey, man, we're yeah. we're being real here. Hey, and you the thing is, man, you might not have to call. Like, yeah, um, the closest I've ever got to bulls were not calling. So. Yeah, I, I probably, unless I have a really good, I think we'll, you know, send out some, like, location bugles and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I'm assuming. But, but, dude, where you're at, I'm telling you, man, where you're at, you you might, I mean, obviously yeah. bring it all, but you might have to even do that. They might just be going ape. Like, if you're hiking a ridge at, like, you know, 5 a.m. in the dark, you, they might just be going absolutely crazy everywhere. You never know. You never know. Um, I've heard good things about the unit. So, yeah. Um, at first, I was like, oh, I need, like, you know, an expert you know, elk hunter to come with me. I talked to some guys who hunted this unit and they're basically like anywhere you think there probably would be elk. There is. And you're bringing your <laughs> rifle. No, it's a muzzle loader. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are you doing like a, uh, you know, something, some new whiz bang, awesome muzzle loader where you can shoot to like three. No, because New Mexico just went this year to open sites only. Well, which you is can cool. Still but what, what are the, do you know? Like there, I mean, there's a million restrictions there could be. Like the, no, it's um, you can. I read it the other day. You can use inline muzzleloaders, everything basically except for um, no optic. So you can use okay. the modern primers, modern propellants, um, all that stuff. Just no optic. Well, I don't know what kind of sights they make, you know, but there's. I'm sure there's some kind of, some kind of adjustable muzzleloading sight, you know, just like some yeah, kind of. They make some like peep sites that, but I still think you're going to be pretty limited to about 100, 125 yards, but that'll make it a cool hunt. Yeah. That'll be awesome, man. Yeah. So looking forward to that. But, um, yeah. Um, are you, are you working on any current, uh, inventions or products or anything that you want to like give us the sneak uh, on? <laughs> I see the smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I'm getting these hangers out. Okay. Damn it. I'm getting these hangers out. Uh, skull which hangers. I think are pretty cool. I think the elk ones, I think, well, I think the deers are very unique, but I think the elk's even much more unique. Okay. What's unique about it? Okay. So we'll, we'll start with the deer one. So actually, I'm, one of my deers, sorry. so I bought a ton of mounts off Etsy and all over the place trying to find a deer mount. I liked, and I just never found one. They were the cheapest, thinnest crap, crappy paint. Like you'd put a screw through them and you could almost blow the screw with an impact through uh -huh. the plate. So this how these work i decided i wanted to make something well backward go back a little bit the reason another big reason i hated them besides they were so cheap and flimsy the main prong on them would bend and the racks would rotate like i have a few bucks with busted off sides or like heavy uh -huh. on one side not on the other and they'll just rotate off these simple prong mounts so i built this one with the the three prongs and uh -huh. It goes in the skull like that and sits under it like that. Ooh, I got so try the head it. can't rotate anyway. It's totally locked. Gotta try it. Let me get this big boy. All right. 
Okay, it goes in the wall like that, and then that goes. Yeah, and depending on the back of the skull, the yeah, you bend those ones under it. Okay. Yeah, I might need to do some. Oh, there we go. And it's that easy, dude. It it won't rotate. It's done. Like it's it's yeah, locked it's in. Yeah, super solid. Yeah. Nice, dude. And I need to hang this guy. That's a beautiful buck. Yeah, I got this one this year, dude. That's beautiful. Did you shine up his horns? No, his I didn't antlers? touch him. No. They look so nice and lustrous. <laughs> I know, dude. He was such a cool. He's like you see, he's only a two pointer, but I measured him the other day. He's 130 inches of two point. <laughs> Dang, dude. Yeah, That's he's gigantic. 130 inches um, wide. Every other buck we saw on this hunt, which is going to be on an episode coming on the show soon. Um, every other buck we saw was like, yeah, pushing around a couple, two or three does. And there were some four points, but they didn't have like the mass and width this yeah. guy has. And, uh, when we saw this guy, he was just chilling. He had like seven does with him. That's a and mature so, buck, man. Yeah. That's awesome. He's got a big old Roman nose and, um, he was a cool buck, man. It was, this is my first, uh, first mature mule deer. Heck yeah, man. Congrats. Yeah, it's a sweet buck. Anyway, sorry. Sorry to talk about no. myself. But, um, no, dude. Yeah, that hanger is super solid. Um, I like it. I'm going to put, I'm going to, as soon as we get off the phone, probably, I'm going to like hang a couple of these skulls back here. How many? Did I just send you three? Yeah, that's fine, though. Oh, no, I'll send you some more, man. So you can, oh, that's fine. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to get it, it out there, man. So talk to me a little bit about, um, wait, hold on. Did you have anything new in the works? Yes, I do, but I You can't just don't want to talk about, about it. it. Okay. I can't talk about it. You know what it is, but I can't talk about it. Oh, I do know what it is? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. Maybe you can tell me off air or something for yeah. fun. You're, <laughs> anyway. You, I should get you to an NDA or something, though. You can't talk about it. Oh, you can. I'll sign an NDA. I don't care. <laughs> just... um, no, I mean, I don't care. I know it's kind of standard for this kind of stuff. Um, but anyway. Um, okay. So you want to get these out. So what's it? I mean, even for like a, a fairly simple product like this, it's... It's not easy getting this from building them in your garage to where you can sell them, right? No, not at all. Yeah, dude. I mean, I probably went through with those with those and the elk hangers combined. I probably went through like two grand of material, uh, bending paint. Like, I mean, I went through tons of yeah, tons of cost and just time. You know, like that's a simple product, but. You gotta you you gotta start from nothing. Like I don't know yeah. any steel fabricators really. I don't know no no one around here wants to do it. You know, so you have to find the people that want to help you do it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not easy, man. It takes a lot of time and effort. And probably the way exactly I'm in the phase of my project where see if you can relate to this. Um, the fun part for you is probably like drawing these up and designing them and like figuring out how to do it and like building stuff. But then you have like all the little minutia at like the last like 85% of the project that you'd like plug in all the little things to get it just like moving and working right at the end. And that's the worst, isn't it? Yeah, man. I'm, <laughs> I just designed the submitted yesterday, my final product insert backer for like that little clamshell you have and the getting the right barcode on it and everything. It's just like that stuff's mind numbing. Yeah. Like, I hate that stuff. Yeah. Nothing creative, fun, nothing cool about it. Just like stuff you have to do that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yep. There's a um, lot of that stuff I have to do too. It's not all going out and hunting. Like there's a lot of stupid crap I have to do behind the scenes too. Yeah. Like dude, do you, so 
and maybe you don't have to give this away if you don't want, but do you like do your own audio leveling or do you send that off or how does that work? I do. I'm actually in that process right now. Um, So I produce my episodes like 90, 95%. Like they're basically done Um, on this one. So I could, I could take what I edited and put it on TV. No problem. This one, I decided to work with an audio post house to really fine tune it because there's a lot of dynamic, you know, there's lots of wind noise. There's, you got to, um, you know, like zippers rustling on mics, whispering, and then going to loud talk. Like, there's a lot of like, it's a dynamic sound kind of environment. Um, and um, there, the, the network has like certain standards and level, like YouTube, they don't care. You just, you know, upload it the network has like, you know, very rigid, like guidelines. If you don't meet them, then it won't go on TV. So, um, that was the main reason I got some help on that part, but actually dude, like it's actually created more work because I listen to what they send me. I'm like, no, and uh, I have to like go through the entire thing and write notes like every minute, like fix uh, this fix transition, this, fix this. that dude. And so like, literally I don't even know if I'll ever do it again. I don't know if it's even worth it. Oh man. Well, that makes, <laughs> that makes it brutal, man. But yeah. if you do it yourself, it is, you know, done how you want and done right. You just have to do it yourself if you want to do it right. Don't you? <laughs> you seem so. Yeah. You do a lot yeah. of the time. Um, hopefully one day I'll find somebody. Hopefully both of us will find some help one day, but, uh, yeah. Or can afford you have to it. be able to pay help though. You know, yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> they don't work for free. Unfortunately. They don't. Yeah. That's how you just got to have more kids, man. Yeah. You know, like the old days, just, that's how you ran a farm. You just had 10 kids. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Like if my kids could help me do this stuff, I was actually <laughs> trying to recruit my little nephew that I was like, you should be my, you should learn how to edit and be my intern. <laughs> Dude. See, that's the thing. That's the future. Like it's hard for me to find kids that want to help, fi- help do fireworks and move boxes in the hot all day. But yeah. Stuff inside editing. I would think like me, oh, yeah. you could find some talented kids nowadays. And it's not hard to produce, like to post produce a podcast. So I could like literally give it to my nephew. He could probably do it just fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, rabbit trail, but, um, what were we talking about? Yeah. The, well, the mounts, how hard it is to, you know, just get something going. Finished, oh yeah. Produced. Exactly. Yeah. And then I can't um, imagine with like a complex product with a patenting and all that stuff too, like your boot dryer. Yeah. I mean, I haven't patented it yet. Okay. For various reasons, but, um, well, one of them is like, say Cabela's Bass Pro, whatever it is now, they want to make it. I mean, they could change a couple things and make it and I'm not going to sue them. I yeah. mean, I, I could, but I might have a $2 million in lawyer fees. Yeah, so I better hope I win the case. And they probably can afford like crazy lawyers. Oh, anyway, yeah. So. yeah, they could afford unlimited lawyer fees, stuff like that. And then, but why not patent it? Just because it's too much of a pain in the butt? Well, I mean... It's going to cost maybe twenty-five to forty thousand dollars, and yeah. it can still be ripped off. Oh, they just got to make minor tweaks, and they can still. Yeah, depending on there's a there's a few criteria they got to meet or break rather. But then you know, like a Chinese, you know, some Chinese company, they're not subject to any of yeah. Capital. They can just start so, selling them on, selling them on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's keep that out of the ether. But yeah, I mean they. They could do that. And then what am I going to do? Like, there's nothing I can do. So I don't know. I mean, I've thought about it. And on my, you know, one of my other products, I've thought about doing it coming out in the future, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, anyway, man, I love what you're doing. I love, uh, 
<laughs> I love that you like heard that podcast and was like, yeah, I'll have you something in a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, have you always I'm... liked doing that? Like building stuff and tinkering and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I always like doing that stuff. And yeah. Um, usually it's like pipe dreamy type stuff, you know, just like, I got this idea. I think it's going to work. And half the, you know, more than half the time, something doesn't work, but occasionally you get a hit, you know? Yeah. It's like what is a blind dog finds a bone. You just keep digging. You're going to find a <laughs> bone eventually. Yeah. So that was kind of how that was. And I had access to a lot of good equipment and stuff. Like uh, with my brother's company, we got all kinds of cool stuff. So I can just use whatever I need, all kinds of tools, electrical stuff, 3d printers, wow, everything. So, yeah. Okay. So that, that's definitely helpful to go in there and be able to like try and prototype stuff and stuff like that, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. And my brother knows, I mean, he's a, he's a genius. He knows all kinds of stuff about electronics and everything. Yeah. So how long do you think it takes from like having an idea to like getting it, selling it on your website roughly <sighs> to make it be good, man. I mean, probably Probably if you don't include testing, like sending it out to people, because that's yeah. what takes like the feedback and stuff takes the longest period of right. time. But I mean, I'd say like a year. Okay. That's not too bad. I mean, a year for some stuff, if you like certain things more than that, you know? Yeah. Um, I've had this one product that I made in 2017 that I've never really told or shown anybody about. It works really well, but you got to find someone who wants to help you make it unless you want to do it yourself, you know? So mm -hmm. sometimes it can take, you know, it might take three years, four years, just depends on how much, you know, how much time you're putting into it and how much, how much time you yourself, like won't actually work on it to yeah. build it. So. And it's, it's hard to set for yourself. Like it probably is the same way the product I'm imagining for me, like with a, like an episode, for example, it's really hard to be like, okay, this is done because you could yeah. always tweak and improve. Dude, it's a is it the same way with the invention? Yeah, man, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, yeah, the boot dryers even, I'm like trying to change. Like, should I add the American flag on the bottom because it's molded in Wisconsin? <laughs> and my wife's just like, no, just no. Like, just finish no, it. Just, it's good. Just, just do it. And so there's always little stuff like that. That's great. It's, it's so funny how much I haven't thought about it before, but how much like what you do is similar to what I do uh, in these little ways. But, um, yeah, it's like you never finish a project. You just run out of time. Yeah. But these things look great, man. You did a good job with them. Thank you. Thank you. So you, did you do research on USB versus USB-C? I'm coming out with USB-C. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah, the place I'm using to make the fans, uh, they're working on a, they're working on a USB-C version that is I can tell you that. Yeah, I haven't told anybody that. So they're working on a USB-C version that's also IP67. So that's waterproof to one meter. Oh, wow. So that's awesome. They'll be Eventually, they'll be USB-C and waterproof to one meter. That's sweet. Because, yeah, I was just looking at, like, all my battery banks still have USB. But, like, it seems to be going that way. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? it will be, you know, because a USB-C is like a, it's a smart USB. You know, it can, uh, mm -hmm. it can give you higher... Oh, and you get, you get a little extension charging capability too. and stuff. Yeah, a little. I just include a little three footer with it. Nice, man. Well, I'm looking forward to using that this year. Um, yeah, man. Um, man. No. Uh, well, I, I want to. Uh, I do want to hijack it. Just 
this thing, I'm actually proud of this. Like, I hope it sells. I don't know if it will, but wait, what is that? The elk one? That's my elk one. Yeah. Okay, that's your it's elk hanger. A, yeah, this is just one of the prototypes. I have a box of them, but okay. So you haven't a, you haven't released that one yet? It's coming out in like May eighth. I think it's going to be officially shipping. Hey, maybe Lord willing, uh, I can try one soon. Yeah, I hope so. I'll send you as many <laughs> as you need, man. Uh, yeah. No, I'll buy them. So the elk, if you turn it like this. These two things, I got a bad. These sit behind the eye bones, the occipital okay. bones. So they they actually index in there. Okay. So I've never seen another elk hanger that does. Do you that, have an elk skull to show me how it goes in or not? Yeah, I have to go run like That's sixty okay. feet to go get it. Yeah, I mean it's up to you. You can. If you want. So you that actually go get it or not? Gosh, screw it. Go get it. All right. <laughs> I hope you guys are watching on YouTube because. Um, you can see all the stuff we're talking about. Um, he's about to go get his elk European skull hanger to show me. This is a new invention. Hopefully, I didn't like make him go do a bunch of work to get this thing. <laughs> I can hear him running. Okay, nice. All right, now where'd you kill that bull at? You got to give me a brief background on that bull. He's putting his headphones on. All right, you got to give me a brief background on that bull. Uh, last year, I went out. I got this leftover tag. Uh-huh. Uh, after I killed a mule deer, I came back home. I got this leftover tag and went out to a spot I've been before. And there was no one up there really, which was awesome. And I hadn't been there since 2019. Uh-huh. It had burned since then. Okay. And I was a little worried because I was hiking through ash for like a mile. Oh, wow. And I'm like, this isn't, or not ash, but just black, you know, there's nothing right. regrown. And then I get to where I used to hunt and uh, there was grass everywhere. I'm like, okay, this is looking good. Starting to see an elk sign. And then that night saw like 50 elk. Next oh, day cool. was opening day, and uh, I probably saw, you know, I saw a ton of elk again, and elk were bugling, and uh, this was actually, this was rifle, this was an archery, so I kept kept making attempts at elk, and trying to, I was, I was pretty dead set on getting a six-point bull at this spot, because, I don't know, I had some five-point bulls really close, and I probably could have shot four or five of them yeah but i saw some bigger bulls and so just kept trying to be patient uh blew a couple stalks on some and then like the third morning i knew where these elk were going to come out so i just set up the night before i like dug out this flat spot on this hill uh -huh. and set everything ready like so i knew where my pack was going to lay everything <laughs> went over there in the dark sure enough they came out and just boom oh, i shot wow. them at I shot him on the opposite ridge. It was actually the furthest shot I've had on an elk. It was 550. So you kind of had him patterned, huh? Yeah, nice. I knew they were gonna. I knew they're gonna come out on this other ridge. So cool. Shot um, him so and packed him out. What is he's like a what like a seven a, by two or so, or seven by four or something? No, well he's yeah uh, six by. He's been a six by six or six by seven, but he busted off this. this oh, okay. Tail on the back got you. End. Got you. Cool bull, man. Yeah. So anyway, show me how it works. If you can do it with your headphones still plugged into your ears. Yeah, I think I can do it. <laughs> Get this under here. Yeah. Sorry. I've never told that story. Uh, so it wasn't very good. 
but I never <laughs> told it where I have to uh, take out all the details. I didn't want to lead on too much of where That's I okay. was or any of that. So. Yeah, I thought about asking the state. But I was like, eh, well, I'll just leave it. His headphones. Sorry, what's out. that? I thought about asking you the state, but I was like, eh, we'll just leave yeah, it there. Yeah, I just I left out a lot of crap. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. So I can't keep him in there, but I'll just talk about it. So those go in just oh, like that. Nice. See how it hooks? Yeah. Right behind the eye. That's awesome. I thought you were saying it went in the eye socket. I was like, that's gonna then, look kind of weird, but that's awesome. That's tough to do. So those hook right behind the eye. It's so tough to do. Then this bottom plate rests uh -huh. on the top of its jaw. So it's locked in. It's hooked there and there. Um, the reason I made this is because I mounted. I've used mounts before. Again, I bought some off Etsy, Midway USA, wherever. They all have problems. Like the skull hooker one sticks off the wall like a foot. And it's just a thin piece of metal. It's super wobbly. Yeah, it's cool because you can rotate the head different angles, but it's so wobbly and janky, man. It's like it's yeah. just sketchy. And then there's other ones that you hang up, but their teeth of the elk rest on your drywall or whatever you yeah. you have. So like it'll if you move them at all, it'll eat. It just rip yep. the paint right off. So yep, they're sharp. My wife got pissed at that. So I was like, well, I need something that can fit an elk close to the wall, so it's not hanging off the wall a foot, but also doesn't touch the wall. And you can also I don't like when the elk are like uh, just necessarily straight down, like like with deer too. Like my my hangers are angled up, so it's more you're looking at them more face yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. You know, not not top. Yeah. And I, I just like that look more. So for sure, this accomplishes all that. So that's what this. Um, I just got this little adjustable plate on there. You just use thumb screws, but you move this plate, this in and out on these through holes. Oh, cool. So a small bowl, you have it all the way out. A big bowl, you have it all the way back or completely yeah. off. I was going to ask if it was adjustable adjustable for different size bowls. Yeah, so you'll get the optimal angle. Um, we put it on like a 350-something bowl, and it worked. I got a guy putting it on a 398 bowl. I Whoa. don't know if it's going to – he hasn't got back to me yet if it's going to work. But, <laughs> I mean, wow. 350, I figure if it goes up to 350, it's going to cover most people. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to figure out if I do kill a nice bull where I'm gonna put that joker, but uh that's uh Dude, eight foot ceilings. Um, you got an eight foot ceiling? Let's see. I'm sure it's standard. Yeah, seems about right. Yeah. Yeah, buddy, that's gonna be a tough one. <laughs> it's gonna be like yeah, it's gonna be about three and a half foot from the ground. Oh dang it. Um <laughs> four that's foot from right. the ground. Yeah. I think right I could just put it right like over there under the deer and just move that deer maybe yeah a little bit cool there but um well that's cool man um i can tell you put a lot of thought into it like a lot of guys would just like yeah I'll just like sell a piece of metal with a hook on it you know that i can tell you really thought about it um and it's a good like the way it fits in there it looks really secure so looks legit. yeah and there was those through holes on there which it's an added safety feature I actually just add it see they're not all there. It's just going to be one hole on each side, but that allows you to take a small zip tie or a piece of black wire or whatever you want and run it around the bone as well. You don't need to, but like if you never, if you want to hang it 10 foot up in your living room or in your storefront or whatever, yeah. you can't chance it ever coming off. Even if some kid throws a, right. throws a football at it or whatever, 
then you can just you can add you can put that small zip tie around it you don't even see it so oh nice man but yeah man i i didn't want to just release like that's with everything i've been doing and tried to always do like i'm not trying to just copy everybody who does stuff like i'm actually trying to solve solve a problem and not just right you know recreate something and make five bucks off of it and call it good like i want to actually improve things yeah the amount of work you're putting into stuff and how much i can tell you care about stuff like you wouldn't just put it out for fun and just to copy like you know what i mean like it's too much work to do that yeah you know so that's cool man i hope i hope those things take off for you and hopefully i can help you out um but um yeah man so we don't have a lot of time left kind of going back to our family balance thing like um i timed this so i'd still be able to get out of here and put the kids to bed so i don't want to go too far into it but i know you said you listened to a couple of my uh last podcast which is we're like totally off the normal subject matter with a guy named timothy alberino have you heard of him before that podcast no man never heard heard of him uh, okay anyway we got into some um fringe topics i guess i'll say but they were really cool episodes i thought it was super interesting it got really good response i'm sure some people think i'm crazy but whatever um but uh oh yeah my question for you was this i've been thinking about this a lot lately oh no <laughs> let's say you're in the woods and you're hunting right and you yeah. see bigfoot like legit see bigfoot or some other like cryptid creature like a wolf man or something yeah. it's not posing you any bodily harm it doesn't know you're there but you have like a easy like 150 200 yard shot <laughs> are oh, you taking dude. it I'm going to crack that thing. Yeah, dude, I'm shooting ro- I'm shooting for brainstem at that point. I'm going to drop that thing. I mean, okay. it's not going to die, but yes, I would try. <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot lately though cuz it might sound crazy, but like it's kind of fun to think about cuz um on the one hand it's like, yeah, I've heard some people say it's too human that you would feel bad. And I could see that maybe or like, I don't know, if I like I was thinking like, okay, let's say I was out there and I saw a gorilla, not Bigfoot, just a gorilla, escape from the zoo or something. It almost be like, do I shoot it or like, do I call the game and fish? Yeah, it's like I don't know. You'd I be, thought it, it was a, I thought it was a bull, a bull moose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd, I guess I'd be less inclined to try a chip shot at a silverback. But then again, if you saw a silverback in the Rockies, you'd probably yeah. think it was Bigfoot. So. But I wonder what game and fish would even do because, like, there's that recent case in Texas where a guy shot like a red stag or something on public land in Texas that had escaped from like a high fence ranch, and he got the uh, the stag confiscated because, I guess, theoretically, it wasn't legal to shoot a red stag on Sam Houston National Forest or something, and they confiscated oh, wow. the, the animal. So, like, wow. <laughs> would they? Would you get in trouble for shooting Bigfoot? Also, you'd be, like, super famous, but you'd have tons of people, like, sending you death threats. Like, you know, all the weirdos would just be trying to kill you, probably. I don't know. It, it would just unleash, like, a crazy storm of crap. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I've never seen Bigfoot out in the woods. I can say that. I've never heard Bigfoot out in the woods. Nothing like that. But, um, I haven't seen him either. I did hear I do, one thing weird I, one time. Go I ahead. do. I do think though, going off where like getting going back to the whack whack attack, going crazy is like what Tim was talking about. I just think like uh, things like that, like Bigfoot and stuff. It's all just different physical manifestations for intelligences. Like they can manifest as an alien or bigfoot or so you think it's some kind of like or a skinwalker it's uh, or like orbs. some kind of demonic spirit or something that manifests as different creatures some kind of entity yeah you know like um definitely could be 
I mean, like all these cults, all cultures have stories like that, you know, like the Arabs and they have the Jinn and, uh, mm-hmm. the Indians had this, you know, the South, the Southwestern, uh, Native Americans had the Skinwalker and then the, the Canadian and, uh, the Canadian, Na- Canadian Indians and then, um, Northern Native Americans, they had the Sasquatch and then, mm-hmm. you know, the Vikings had the sea monsters and yep. the har- Greek uh, mythology. Yeah. It's like all of Greek mythology. Yeah, they all had these this one monster and um I you know and now modern day man we still have our monster and it's aliens. I mean that's what I think it is. Yeah, yeah. And I mean still a lot of people, you know, claim to see Bigfoot every year. I've got at yeah. least one friend I can think of that's seen one. I never seen anything like that. I, I did have a weird experience where I heard something very strange on a solo hunt in the mountains here in Virginia. I heard um and it could have totally been something normal. It could have, for sure. But I've spent a lot of time in the woods, um, a lot, and I've never heard anything like this. I was on a solo. It was actually my first ever like solo trip in the mountains in, here in Virginia, like I said. And I was sitting on a tree stand, and um, I heard – the best way I can describe it is imagine if you had like um, a large steamroller – but, like, steamrollers are probably only, what, like, four or five feet wide? Like, imagine if you had a steamroller that was, like, ten feet wide, but not that heavy, like, made of wood or something. It sounded like a big roller, like a giant rolling pin rolling through the foliage of the forest, right? Like, very, very loud. It was not one creature. Um, it was it, down at the ground level? Ground level, and it was moving fast, and it was gone. It was, it was there and gone in like a matter of a couple seconds at most. Um, consistent like wave, like shh. And um, like I said, fast, loud, and like I was surprised looking over in that direction. There was a little hill. It did. It was a little bit of a hill there, but I still remember thinking like it was surprising that I didn't see anything. You know, like any movement yeah. at all. Like no move. I didn't see anything. Um, so anyway, that was the only like weird, ex- and it it did creep me out. Um, yeah, your hair stood up probably. And yeah, I mean, if I were to equate it to any type of normal animal, the only thing that I could think of that could logically have made that sound would be like at least three bears rolling, literally tied rolling together, tied together. Yeah, they could, they could be separate. <laughs> <laughs> but like literally rolling down a hill of foliage that that's the only like the only thing that could make that type of sound i think but i don't think it was that cuz i wasn't on a hill like that it was the direction it was moving was like straight across that's weird man yeah i don't i haven't had too much too many odd things in the woods i mean i've heard like oh in the mountains i've maybe heard a noise in the middle of the night that i i heard this noise one time in colorado by myself that I thought it almost sounded like a screeching woman or something. Ooh. But then again, it's the middle of the night. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, what did I just wake up from dream? What I mean, yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't know what I heard. Or like a screech owl or something. Yeah. So I, I've never, I've never had, uh, never had anything too crazy in the woods. But it can get, can get creepy back there alone. I don't like solo hunting, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. I, I like, you like that's it. That's my highest success rate, man. Solo. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I do much better. I just feel like I don't have to, uh, I don't know. You don't have to worry about anyone else's schedule or anything. Yeah. You just go. You just go. I can definitely see that. I just, yeah, 
I kind of just like being there with somebody, but you know, solo is good too. I just, I prefer to share it with somebody, but yeah, I mean, I think if you just, if you really need to get in and out and like kill, probably solo is the way to go. But yeah, being camaraderie, talking to somebody at night is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're shooting Bigfoot if you see him. I'm going to attempt it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to attempt it for sure, dude. I'm going to start asking people. It. I'm going to start you asking people. Try. And you know, man, he knows, you know, whatever it is, knows you're there. Come on, man. He's just playing coy. You know, he. Yeah. Unless it really is just like some kind of <laughs> some kind of leftover. <laughs> no, like dumb. Dude, if Bigfoot's some just dumb ape, man, that's the biggest letdown I've ever heard, man. It's got to be something. <laughs> okay, so you don't buy into the, it's just like a random ape species we never discovered yet? Like, you think it's more than that? No, maybe there was something in the past that was like that, but no, I don't think that thing exists anymore, man. I mean, yeah. you're telling me these the hardest core of hikers and hunters haven't... I know. I mean, I guess some have heard and seen things, but I don't know. You'd think, think there'd it's... be more sightings with the amount of hunters and but at the same time dude it's, if you look at like some maps of like some of these wilderness areas and you consider how hard like just the top 10 percent, maybe like one percent of hunters actually go and you look at that compared to i mean like think about it like i've been on some quote-unquote tough hunts with some quote-unquote tough hunters and you're still you're not going more than like 10 miles in like max i mean there are some crazy guys or whatever that maybe go more or if horses or something but still there are some areas in the lower 48 even that we kind of just scratch the surface of and even then it's only like i said it's the top one percent of guys it's you know maybe 25 percent of the year um so i don't know stuff can slip through the cracks then you get ac you know you get air force guys they're flying military stuff over these vast wildernesses between base to base or doing simulation training missions and they're using insane optical equipment with thermal and everything else i'm like dude come on they're guys too they're 30 year old dudes that love to shoot stuff like if they saw they saw this gigantic heat signature they're gonna zoom in on it like what is this thing i don't know that's that's my skepticism about big what if the government already knows about bigfoot yeah they they don't want us to know about it well yeah but i mean (laughs) it's not a physical creature that's that's my that's That's where you okay all right so is the bullet going right through them then who knows? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, what All happens right. when people say they shoot skinwalkers? It like they say it. I heard I one know, story where a guy ricochets. said they shot a um, a skinwalker that was in the shape of a coyote on a, a Navajo reserva- reservation, and the next day, this like witchy shaman dude walked into the hospital with a gunshot wound in the same spot. <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm laughing, but I mean, uh, it's it's possible for sure. There's any, a lot of stuff's possible in this weird world. I know, man. The more you look into it, it's like it seems really crazy at first if you have no like paradigm, but then like you start looking into it and like you start to wonder, like, I don't know, could this stuff happen? Who knows? Um, anyway, let's leave it there for now, man, so we can go hang out with our families. But um, it's been really cool chatting with you, man, hearing about the entrepreneurial journey and um, bringing products to market, and then a little bit of the fun stuff at the end, man. So, uh, but where can people find you and your products and everything you got going on? Uh, you can just go to graxaw.com, G-R-A-K-K-S-A-W, graxaw.com, or you can go to the Instagram, but I don't post that much stuff. Okay. Every cool. now and then I do. Um, yeah, those are the two places, man. Cool. Well, let me know how you're doing your draws. Stay in touch. Maybe, you know, if yes, you don't sir. get anything going on mid-October, maybe we can hang out. 
Yes, sir. Thank you, Hunter. <laughs> and uh, maybe next time we can get into the even weirder stuff, man. I'd love to sometimes. Yeah, if you want to, I'm down to do another one. Yeah, like a just... like a Halloween special or something. You come back. <laughs> you're uh, you got a, I don't... you got a couple dead bulls, and we talk about some yeah. insane weird spiritual stuff. I don't like talking. I don't like in any way celebrating Halloween, but we can call it like um, something else. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it even worse and creepier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I like it, dude. Let's let's do a let's do a weird one later. Um, so we can just keep these themes going. But uh, all right, guys, we'll definitely check out Graxaw. He's got some cool products and more top secret stuff coming down the line um, that maybe we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, man, thanks again. Awesome. Hunter, thank you very much. Yeah, buddy. See ya.